Oh my god, the the fucking ghost in the shell just told me that we're recording. Uh, I don't Did even you... know what that noise. That no- Did you hear that noise? Of course you heard that noise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That sounds like the smallest yet loudest motor that I've ever heard. But, but yeah. tell tell the people tell the people you just tell me about your love notes. Oh yeah, yeah. So I always leave Erica uh, notes in the morning, and um, like we write on things, write on each other's breakfast taco or whatever. So I got her a box one year. That's like this little. Uh, it's got a computer screen inside of it, and it's got a little heart that spins whenever it receives a message. And I can text this box. So I text her love notes uh, every morning. And I think, I think that's beautiful. I don't have a joke or anything. That's how you keep relationships going strong, people. You just, you got to send little love notes. I was telling Kelby, I found a love note I sent to Rios when I was 17. I wrote this shit 17 years ago. And I was reading it and I thought, damn, this is good. Fuck, I'm a good writer. And that's why she fell in love with you. She was like, yep. even to this day, she's like, well, he's a... He's a white nationalist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he he he's always podcasting, but damn it, he's a great writer. <laughs> I podcast too much. People listen to podcasts weird, man. There, I was reading online that the metric is how many downloads you get in the first month. That determines your ranking. But people listen to this shit different than even a few years ago. There's not very many people, I think, who listen to, well, let me take that back. There are people who listen to Agitator day one. There's maybe 50, it's like between 50 and 60 people listen to it day one when it drops. But the other couple hundred happen over months, you know, and they seem to, they seem to go back because our most listened to episode is our first and then second, it's like, it's in order. So people just go back and at their at their own pace fucking listen to it in order yeah people started treating podcasts like episodes i think like certain podcasts that aren't mm-hmm. uh interview based we have guests on but that's like guest stars in this uh yeah. ongoing soap opera that we've created yeah taking a page from jack i feel like there are thinkers that come around every once in a while that shake your whole shit up and it's considered embarrassing by all the cool people on the internet to be like, well, you listen to a podcast and now that changes the way you look at the world. It's fucking stupid. (laughs) But that dude just has, that dude has about five or six ideas or points that have really kind of stuck with me. And the soap opera idea is one of them. I'm not ever going to go back and watch soap operas that they talk about. I'll listen to the episodes, but I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to watch Knott's Landing or Dallas because I don't find them aesthetically interesting. But everything that he says about the longevity and the way that they're kind of made to be watched passively, all of that has been infecting my, my writer brain and wondering, you know, is there a way to, to mimic that, that structure in books? So anyway, that's a bit of a ramble. Yeah, yeah. But. well, you can definitely adapt the soap opera as a lifestyle too, where um, with me, what I have taken from it, because uh, I'm also a patron of the Church of Jack. And yeah, no, the, the dude just is a great thinker. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I, I don't care how it sounds, especially because I think I'm the type of person to call people stupid or gay for thinking the podcast mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. the, uh, the pinnacle of modern art or philosophy or whatever. But right. it is with like, yeah, no, Perfume Nationalist really has done a lot, I think, for... Yeah, I listen to Perfume Nationalist and Contain is really big too. I like the way that Barrett thinks about stuff and it's that one is actually probably closer to how I think anyway uh Jack and Orton and their guests are much more right-wing than I am on a lot of things but they've definitely pushed pushed me into a comfortable spot because 
it helped me to realize that a lot of the uncomfortable, like, well, I should say them and COVID-19 pushed me into a space where I started realizing that a lot of the things that I think to be true, I was kind of bullshitting and being fake because I wanted to keep a friend group that uh, basically just turned into a bunch of Nazis anyway. So, you know, I, I'll eat that, you know, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll take, take the L as the kids say on that one. But, uh, <laughs> but it's just a much more comfortable place to be in, right? It's comfortable to be, to listen to people who say wild out of pocket shit and have it not be something that I agree with, but I just like kind of, I'm just sort of there. Um, I don't know how to describe it. I, I don't know. I don't know why it's so refreshing to hear some of the shit that they say when I think about it in the shower and I'll be like, well, no, I don't know about that. And, you know, well, because it's the return of the things that we disagree with and that's just okay. Like exactly. We've been exactly. saying for like you and I have been saying for years that like nuance needs to return that people mm -hmm. need to like, just be able to have different opinions and actually everybody says that but like yeah often i feel like you and i are the only people who actually fucking mean it like yeah 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 and i you know i realize that every time we talk on this podcast about jack or whatever i do this thing where i'm like oh and it's i don't agree with it and i don't mean it that way i'm not trying to cover my own ass i really don't give a fuck like it's just more like it's it's more of a fascination and a kind of almost exhilaration with the engagement of different ideas that I'm talking about. Not this isn't ass covering because I truly don't care anymore. No, and I do like I uh, that whole agree disagree and which opinion is right is such a boring way to go about things. Like because people do that with me all the time. They do that with me all the time. Every every time I've heard people kind of discussing my like the things that I say which is by the way insane that their entire days on Facebook have been spent discussing is is David good or bad uh <laughs> and the people who are on my side always have to preface what they say with I don't agree with him on everything yeah no shit what do you like don't be don't be afraid don't be afraid just just stand stand by it you know, if anybody was to say, hey, you listen to this podcast and they talk about X, Y, Z. You're like, yeah, they, they do. They do that. Don't you think that's horrible? No, no, not really. Well, it's, it's all just, these mental gymnastics to even connect one thing to another thing. It's like they have no problem talking to this person or they said this, which means that they believe in this way of thinking, which originated with the nazis or something it's like that's such a long like you had to jump too many steps to get to that point like so i don't <laughs> i don't give a fuck about uh about your judgment here yes and the whole like if you want new ideas to come out then you have to allow everything you got to just blend it all together mm -hmm. and you, you always have the ability to think for yourself. Like, mm -hmm. I, I do know that like, like beyond the whole, like, well, I don't agree with everything. It's like, I'm not trying to be told what to do. I'm not going around like, which person should I follow? Like, who should I listen to? Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to base my life on the things that I intake, like through, mm -hmm. my, through my ears, through my eyes. Like, I don't, that doesn't have to become the mythos or the theology of kelby like i still mm -hmm. think how i think and it might just trigger different thoughts that i'm never going to get from other camps because they refuse to associate with with different people yeah bro i woke up last night scratching my nuts so hard <laughs> i was like in a i was in a fugue state and i woke up and i was like moaning and i wasn't beating my meat but i was like scratching my nuts and I guess I just found a good scratching spot. Like when you see a bear rubbing itself on a tree, that was me, except the tree was my fingers and the bear was my, my ball sack. And, <laughs> but it kind of scared me how hard I was scratching. Cause like, I don't want to like in my sleep, tear my ball skin or something from scratching it too hard. 
So I'm going to have to investigate the world of dreams. I think this is a this is a the beginning of a novel where I need to go into dream world and find out what is causing me to scratch my nuts so hard and then yeah. solve the mystery in the waking world. Or is it? <laughs> no, I, I've been having like such intense dreams lately and been hearing a lot about that lately too. Like I don't, uh, there's been some sort of cosmic shift, I think. David's yeah, people who want to talk balls. about their I can't stop right. pumping Erica in my sleep. Like, what is right. there's right. something in, in space going on here? And that's what I tell her when she wakes up and she's like, knock it off. I'm like, I, I can't help it. There's like something it's astrologically like just there's no, something. No, in Kelby's the like, no, Kelby's like, Kelby's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I would never. No, no, you're a romantic. I love that about you. I love that you're a horny little romantic. I think it's I think it's cute, not in an emasculating way, but I find it endearing. I find men who uh, actually care about and love their girlfriends or wives or boyfriends, whoever, I find that very endearing because I feel like people treat other people really disposably. You know, people get online and they they see some. I don't know, e-girl or something who's pretending to be a communist and they, they're just ready to give it all up. They're ready to throw it all away. Just a simp, you know? Mm-hmm. And really the only way to not simp is to love your wife. Uh, there's nothing trad or conservative about it. It's just human, human beings being human beings. Yeah. See, that's one of the odd things about like it became, it's become conservative to care about your loved ones. I know. Like the, the, the fucking backwards, the flipping of the table of everything that is like, well, I don't think family values ever left the right wing camp, but just as soon as people started like manifesting everything as political, which I hated from the get go, like politics are so boring to me. Like mm-hmm. I'm a, Call, if, if I'm a centrist, I'm a centrist. If I'm apolitical, then I'm not. Like, I don't even give a fuck. They're so fucking boring. Um, and I don't get how anybody can keep up with which opinion they have to have about what. But, like, at the beginning of that started, like, making everything shift into this. Every single thought or idea that you had, if it was associated with left or right, then that's how you had to decide how you feel about that thing like family for example it's like so if family is right-wing then we're just gonna like a good leftist is gonna champion being 40 and childless and kind of not being open and committed in relationships and Mm -hmm. uh, polyamory and like what's the deal with that shit man i hate that shit <laughs> i tried i tried i tried being open to everything i tried hearing people out i've yet to hear anything about that shit that makes any sense it's like there's there's a thing called just fucking imagine? around and if you're fucking around you're fucking around but like yeah 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 just imagine being the dude in this in this scenario oh couldn't be me couldn't be me. Wait, what happens to the dude? Oh, I well, you because you you had mentioned polyamory, right? Well, and, like when all the chicks start making out with each other, and then no, that part is cool. I'm talking about the like the flip side of all that. Oh, right, because you have to listen to twelve bitches' problems now. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Well, I think what you're talking about is having a harem, which is super tight, and I think is great as long as you manage to still love your wife that's the trick as long as you can do that you can have a harem oh you mean the chicks are allowed to be with other dudes too that's what i was talking about oh hell no 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 that's what i'm talking (laughs) see that's what i'm talking about that's why that's where that's where that whole thing like gets really fucking ugh, just icky man (laughs) makes makes me feel sick no no that's not allowed I was just assuming that wasn't a thing. I know. Oh, it just 
just wasn't even a part of your paradigm. I can hear you. I can hear you. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. One second. Oh, perfect. Hold on. One second. One second. There we go. Boom. Boom. (laughs) This is the Agitated Podcast. And today on the show, we have Taboo, Houston rapper. What up? How's it going? What you been up to lately? I've been seeing you dropping like man, just uh, fucking, just fucking chilling, bro. Lately, honestly, like the thing is, is that a lot of the songs that y'all have been hearing that I've been releasing, they're all like older songs that I've like worked on from like probably months ago, and I've just been saving them inside of a vault because I actually sold all my music equipment, you know, because we're just focused more on music videos and you know trying to like optimize everything that we do you know for full efficiency so i'm just dropping shit that like i'm just sitting on top of you know so mainly just you know focus on videos and you know doing the whole ride in the motorcycle thing and kind of just laying low for right now you know pretty much what up jd hey how's it going man how you doing what's up oh just hanging out of my house it's a, another beautiful day in sunny oklahoma Oh, hell yeah. Y'all got some good... Hey, I want to ride some of the roads out there, man. Y'all have real, like, nature shit. I'm in Houston, so it's nothing but, like, city, you know, like, traffic mm-hmm. type shit. Oh, yeah, dude. Get out here on some of these state roads or county roads. It's uh... take a visit. When I come out there, though, you got to take me for some food, and you got to show me the roads and shit that I can hit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, whenever. I'm around. Take yeah. my little... uh, put my Strap my baby onto your back. Let's do it, bro. Ride. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just can't tell his mom. That's all. Hey, look, lips are sealed. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, sipping yeah. some um, honey crisp apple uh, tequila provided by my homie over here. Oh, bro, <laughs> I got honey crisp fucking uh, ale. Boy, yeah. <laughs> representing apples (laughs) but yeah no i've always like modeled like my own pursuits after rappers because i see like the way that like it with like writing and like any kind of shit that i do i like the way that the rapper model tends to be being able to sit on a bag of content and drop it very methodically so that and then it's just like an assault to people it's like holy fuck you're coming out with like four albums a year and it's like yeah Yeah. i've been working on it for six years now (laughs) you know yeah that is true that's actually what was like the goal i was actually planning on dropping a halloween like album like tape or whatever but the thing is that i've noticed honestly whenever it comes to like music is that especially with this new generation of listeners they have a very short attention span like they'll listen to an album maybe like once and then find maybe two or three songs out of there that they like, and then they won't listen to the rest maybe once in a while. And I've noticed that unless you're like a really big, big name, like, you know, even a person like 6ix9ine could drop an album and it would do sales and it would do numbers just based off of the clout and the notoriety that they have. You know, whenever you're still like a smaller artist and you're still trying to come up, it's not really a good idea to drop big albums, maybe like, you know, three or four songs, like little you know, EPs are cool, but people are not going to want to listen to your whole album. So it's always better to do like really heavy singles with a good ass music video and a lot of promotion behind it because people like to just hear that consistency of just really hard singles. Yeah, yeah. A lot of visuals. And I've been treating like, because I write books and I've been treating like them as singles lately, like thinking about I want to drop like five fucking books this next year. Like, do it. as like singles you know what i mean and like, it's not gonna be like a big ass fucking epic or whatever like a yeah like page. harry potter books like those old school fucking harry potter books like the first one i had a, a, a person that was in a class of me whenever i was in high school they had the book it was like like this fucking thick and they were like halfway through that bitch and i'm like what the fuck i was like you actually read like all the way through that like, yeah, it's crazy it's like a whole journey it takes you on so I guess it could be a good thing whenever you like can write a story that really like digs people in, but then sometimes it's just like fuck, man, this is too much for me to read right now. You know, it takes some time, but you know the content inside is is definitely what's more important. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I don't really lament on like a time when people had longer attention spans because I'm one of those people who has a shorter attention span. You know, like yeah. I start, I came into this world with a shorter attention span. You know, I got ADHD and shit, so I'm like, oh yeah, same here, dude. I'll be bouncing all over the fucking. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm, 
I'm not I'm not trying to knock anybody for that. It's just about getting with the times and uh you figuring out as an artist instead of being all you know uh Jay-Z or Metallica about it and being like people yeah, don't yeah. respect music anymore, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like I'm just like I'm just like fuck it. If you if you want to listen to my shit, you listen. If you don't, then oh fucking well. Like I don't care. I, I don't make music for, for other people. I mean, sometimes I do whenever it's like me talking about some deep shit. But for the most part, it's like if I make it, I make it. And you like it, you like it. If not, then what the fuck are you even here for in the first place? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight up. So you uh you chose Ghost in the Shell or you threw out several animes and I was like, man, Ghost in the Shell goes hard. I ain't seen yeah. that in a in a long ass time. What's uh what's your history with Ghost in the Shell? When did you first like Look, I threw out Ghost in the Shell to you because that's like one of one of like the top five animes that like I remember being a kid like you know because I'm 27 so I remember being like 15 16 even 14 being a kid and like I had a bedtime and like I would wait for my aunt to like go to sleep and then I would stay up and then Adult Swim would come on uh-huh. and then that's whenever they would be dropping like all the anime like fucking Inuyasha, Bleach, Lupin, the fucking third, Trigun, you know, and then Ghost in the Shell would come on. And then as soon as that intro would come on, I'd be like, oh shit, I ain't going to sleep. I'd be up like watching that shit. And it was just so dope because it was like a first glimpse, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm pretty sure other animes and shit like, uh, you know, Akira, you know, have done like the futuristic cyberpunk type shit. But that was the first time like me being a kid, like I really like got to watch a show that was devoted to like the crazy ass technology. And I loved it because it reminded me of the Matrix too, like with the fucking plug shit that she has like in the back of her neck. Yeah. I was like, damn, it's badass. Yo, that, in, that uh, inspired the Matrix actually, like the original, the 95 oh, movie yeah? is okay. like, uh, was a big influence on the matrix so yeah like ghost in the shell is like the og for that shit yeah yeah and i'm not sure if you noticed also but i have a full metal alchemist uh tattoo right here so oh shit yeah so i love full metal alchemist man like that's also one of my favorite shows that's one show that if you ask me anything about that or like naruto like i have the curse mark here like i'm so into like just there's just so many different shows that i fuck with because i feel like anime is just one of those things to where it like takes you into a different world where you can just escape and like relate to the characters and shit, you know? Always good stories. Yeah, it's, it's that relatable escapism, like that bizarre. I think that's a necessary ingredient to like any kind of um, art that you want to be relatable is that yeah. like extra tinge of like escapism. Like yeah. it's, you fuck with it, like you connect with it but what you're connecting with is like these cybernetic, like yeah. you know, androids. People who see from the outside, they just see like, like when people hate on like motherfuckers that watch anime and shit. Sometimes it's like, think about it. I'm fucking taboo, right? I make some hardcore ass music sometimes, but I love anime, you know, because it's like, it's like, it's so deep. Whenever you really get into it, and you find a show that you can really relate to, like. Like, if you've never seen Naruto before and you don't know about how this motherfucker Itachi killed his whole fucking clan just to protect the village and they made him look like like he was a traitor, like, I was like, yo, like, that shit was deep. I shed a tear. I was like, what's 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 that teardrop tattoo for? Oh, for the time that I watched Naruto. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the time. They're like, taboo, don't tell the story. I'm like, yo! Yes, don't tell him. Oh yeah. For the the listeners, uh, David, you want to run us up to speed with um the plot of Ghost in the Shell for the people listening? Sure. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell, nineteen ninety five. This movie was supposed to be a big crossover anime. This they put a lot of faith in the idea that this was going to to do big numbers they released it simultaneously in japan the u.s and the uk in theaters and nobody watched it including in japan so funny story about ghost in the shell is that it's not as big in japan as it is in the u.s it actually caught on more here than it did there but uh it's based on a manga i'm not sure how long that manga ran for but typically those things are big as hell i know uh, naruto is what like 400 volumes or some shit yeah Um, if if not more 
Yeah, I'm currently working my way through Berserk, which is super tight. So with the with the Ghost in the Shell, it's based in 2029, uh, and it deals with a, a bunch of like Tokyo's been sectioned off into these different districts, and it's basically the movie is all about this hacker that is getting into different androids and is trying to attain some sort of consciousness. And we follow uh, Masuko, I think her name is, the, yeah. the one who's on the cover. And she's sort of a cop slash Blackwater hired gun that's investigating this escaped AI. And uh, the movie's about an hour and 15 minutes. I've never seen this, this show, but what I like the most about the movie is that it's mostly vibes because not a whole lot happens in the movie. They just kind of hang out. There are these entire scenes where, you know, Mitsuko will be walking through this uh, sort of flooded Tokyo because there was a huge, in, in this movie, there was a huge tsunami that put most of Tokyo underwater. And she'll just be kind of walking the streets and you listen to this great 80s inspired synthesizer soundtrack and you just kind of vibe out. And then the end of the movie, she fights a giant robot tank thing that looks like a spider and then she melds with the puppet master ai and that's a wrap that's the movie that's the whole plot yeah in that scene like that end scene so i'm only a little bit older than you taboo uh so mm -hmm. i remember being a little kid watching um the ghost in the show movie and on that scene like the end scene where she's grabbing the tank and just yeah. using all of her oh yeah android powers to like rip it like open rip her shit, yeah. uh -huh. rips her shit apart and everything i remember like having my hand on the remote just waiting for my parents to open the door so i could turn that shit yeah. off in case they walked <laughs> in on me because <laughs> that shit is brutal as fuck yeah. when i went, went to go see it in theaters i purposely got as blades as i could possibly get just so i can go and see the the way it looks like I was literally there for the vibe, seeing Tokyo with all the cyberpunk stuff going on, mm -hmm. like he was saying with the water, how it was all flooded, and they had the fight scene where she's fighting the dude all invisible. It was super awesome whenever I went to go see that. Yeah, the invisible fight scene. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I um, Some noteworthy scenes. Uh, the first one is when she's fighting the spider robot thing. I liked the overt symbolism of it being in a museum. It had an enormous tree of life with the kind of evolution of creatures towards humanity. Yeah. And as yeah. she's running through the empty museum, the bullet holes are taking chunks out of the tree of life, basically, until it gets all the way to the top at, at humanity. And something interesting from a musical standpoint, as I was watching that scene, you know, this is the climactic battle, right? This is the showdown between her and this, I guess, ethereal AI that we've been hearing so much about. And the music for the scene is very low key. It's kind of just this calm, almost melancholy, sad synth track. And I thought that was a really interesting juxtaposition between what was going on and what we were hearing. And it made me think how important music is to, yeah. to movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause if that had been some orchestral Dark Souls boss type shit, mm -hmm. I don't think yeah. it would have had the effect. Yeah that it yeah that it did no, i mean i completely feel like whenever it comes to movies games or whatever the hell it is if you don't have a good like soundtrack then it's it's just gonna throw it all off i remember i've seen like trailers for like certain movies and they would use like it'd be like some crazy like deep shit going on and then there's a fucking Katy perry song blasting in the background <laughs> i'm like what the fuck i'm like y'all couldn't find anybody to create some like dark like symphony like orchestra music to go for it so i think that is very true that like soundtrack definitely can enhance whatever's going on because you see the scene and you'll be like yo do you hear that fucking soundtrack bro that shit's like dun, 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 dun. Uh -huh. should be crazy somebody should sample that should sample that for a track dude
this shit just popped off. Like one day just being homeless, I hopped on YouTube, typed in my name, and I saw a bunch of channels were putting in my music. And I was like, oh shit, it's it's happening. It's starting to get real. You know, so just one one thing I want to drop in there is, is if you're listening right now, get you some real friends, man. If you don't have real friends that don't push you to be your best self, then you need to reevaluate the people that you have around you. Yeah, for real. Man, music, uh, the pursuit of music would be a lot easier with some of these cybernetic technologies, too. You could just, like, hack people's brains and put your Spotify playlist in it. <laughs> I'm They're going to report me on Spotify support. They're going to be like, Spotify, I have been hearing this song from an artist named TV Boo for the last week. <laughs> I'm like, look, first of all, Stab motherfucker. It's a good song. <laughs> We completely understand you want people to listen, but you can't just be going around hacking people's brains and and playing seventh floor over and over again. You know, <laughs> when's the eighth floor coming out? You know? when, when's the eighth floor coming? <laughs> Is that that's your fucking on your Spotify? That song has like almost two million streams now. It cracks me the fuck up because I literally freestyled that. I, I had the beat. And I was like, man, I cannot write to this shit. This shit is like crazy. It sounds like some fucking Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Like the beat is just so fucking crazy. And it was like some hip hop shit. So I could not write for the life of me. So I just put it on and I just, they keep on asking me for more threats. My hands around your throat, just like a corset. And then just freestyle the rest from there. And I think a rap town or rap party or whoever it was, ended up picking up the track and sharing it. And like I said, I just went on YouTube, typed my name in just to see and I was like, what the fuck? You know, 50,000, you know, 60,000 views. And then just, it just went from there, you know. It's not my least favorite song, but it's not one that I listen to all the time. It's kind of like how if MC Hammer was like about to do something and people were like, yo, play can't touch this. And he's like, I have another song, guys, that called You Can Touch This. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I switched like, my I shit like up since then. Yeah, it's like that one single that you have that people just will not. Like, Tiger dropped Rack City a long-ass time ago. Motherfuckers tell me, like, hey, Tiger, do Rack City. He's like, hey, man, I got some other songs, too. You want to hear that? No, I can just imagine. I, I wonder. I, I didn't look up the creator of Ghost in the Shell, but I want, like, that's something that you make something like that impactful. You're always going to be the, like, the same thing with the songs thing. You're always going to be the, oh, that's the Ghost in the Shell, dude. Yeah, yeah. But with some people, that's all you need to do. Like the thing fucking infected culture. Like we're basically living in Ghost in the Show world, like in a way. Oh, we are now, actually. You know what? But on what you just said, sometimes it can be a good thing whenever you are known for doing quality work, depending on how, like, a person who's who's seen Ghost in the Show, if you like it, you like it, if you don't, whatever. But if you are known for making quality, like, work, whether it's music, anime, you know, film, when you drop something else, people are going to expect that same level of like quality. Like, I think probably the biggest example of it, because we're talking, so we're talking about Japan. What's his name? Uh, Hario Kojima from like Metal Gear Solid. Series, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Whenever he created a game like that, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to do another game. We're going to do Death Stranding. People see his name on it. And they're like, oh, shit, this is going to be, I know what to expect. This is going to be crazy, you know? But Death Stranding kind of sucks, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for that, uh, waiting for the director's cut to come out on PS5. I think it just did, actually. But, yeah, I've been waiting for the graphic upgrade to play that. It looked kind of weird. It was like a baby. It's, uh, the, the story, yeah. though, is interesting. Um, and the, it's like a game that I would play really stoned and just walk around carrying boxes and not know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. And people were like, what do you think about the game? I'm like, dude, UPS simulator, bro. I was in that bitch carrying boxes from this place to that place. <laughs> Graphics are fucking beautiful, you know? Yeah, when you mentioned Metal Gear Solid, it's funny because I forgot to mention it, but I was going to earlier about Ghost in the Shell, where they're both kind of similar in that towards the end of the first game, you get all this philosophy and you get characters kind of talking about the nature of violence and like i remember in metal gear solid i played that game like a hundred times when i was i think it came out when i was 12 or something like that and there's a part where you're fighting sniper wolf yes that's one of my get, favorite parts yeah you get into this big sniper battle but then when you kill her there's like a 15 minute cutscene where they're talking like she tells him his whole her whole backstory how she grew up uh you know how she was forced into this life of being an assassin 
And that's something that I dig about anime and Japanese art in general, because, you know, Metal Gear, Kojima, right? But, like, they, they're not afraid of delving into philosophical issues and just being like, this is what we're doing now. I'm not going to try to weave it into the plot. We're just going to straight up talk about what it means to be a human being versus a robot in Ghost in the Shell, for example. Like, at the end, it's just basically a long conversation about what makes a person a person yeah that was pretty fucking cool i already know that this is gonna happen this is gonna happen probably sometime within the next 50 60 years probably maybe a little bit after our lifetime but there's gonna be a time in life you know i i'd be checking out like people who develop robotic prosthetics and shit like that there's gonna be a time where you can oh your arm has a problem boom we're gonna replace it with a fucking you know biomechanical arm you know that has robotic parts in it you could plug a fucking usb chip in and like you know download shit to your brain if you want to learn a language like that's going to come at some point because think about it like as time is going on we're getting closer and closer to shit that we used to see in animes like ghost in the shell and the shit that they're putting in blade runner and cyberpunk because technology is just advancing we have a fucking phone like look at this shit we are all talking on a fucking computer screen like this is something that would have been completely unthought of like generations ago, you know, now, like just look at the way that real life is reflecting the stuff that we used to see in cartoons. I think it's very fucking trippy. Yeah. And it does uh, influence a lot of like um, existential dread and just existential pondering on like, what, what does that mean now? Like in a hundred years, like if I could, am I still human if I can upload my brain to like this yeah. mainframe and just like, absorb like all this information and then bring it back and like hear echoes of bro if i could jump through like we are constantly in connection with people basically because of the phone and like the social media and just the ability to reach out but if i could telepathically jump in my homie's brain I know for one, if I jump in JDO's brain, I'm gonna hear a bunch of like dudes moaning because he's gonna be thinking about <laughs> gay sex and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing to say to that, man. I mean, he me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, that, that shit that you know people have been relating to even before the technology, but as, as the yeah. technology grows and grows, it's like I kind of do embrace. I used to be like, man we're going to get further and further away from being human. But like now I kind of embrace it as a challenge of like, bring on all that shit so that we can oh, continue. Bro, if you're only, I can cut my fucking arm off and have a robot arm. Yeah, remind, it reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of the, the, par the Theseus's paradox. So you have a ship, right? Uh, a sh the Theseus, he's a big uh, badass Greek warrior. And he has this ship, right? And over time, he gets into a lot of battles. Parts of the ship get fucked up, so they replace it. And eventually, every single board, every single mast and sail, whatever, is brand new. So is that is that the same ship, or is it different? You right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, because you're still on the same path. You're still serving the same purpose, but you're made up of totally different parts. Which brings us to the whole ghost in the shell question. What's the difference between you and a computer? With AI getting the way that it is, what makes you human and the computer the computer? Man, dude, I feel like shit. When it comes to those type of things, because I mean, imagine if like you're who you are right now, and then one day there comes a time where like if you have the right amount of money, you could buy like a robotic heart, you could buy like lungs that you don't even need to breathe, they just work, you know, off of whatever the fuck they work off of. You got a fucking solar panel, like brain and shit, you know. I feel like whenever those days start to come. I think it's the memories that make you feel like you're human, you know, because mm. think about a person that was raised as like a kid in like a depraved environment to where their brain does not understand how to process things the same way that we do. Um, I feel like at the end of the day, we are just like flesh, like computers, like even though we're not like hardware components, like the parts of us work the same way computers do and, and a kid raised in an environment like that they're not going to be able to really question a lot of the same shit that we can sit back and like reflect on so I feel like even if there was an artificial intelligent like computer or person that was made to look like us and have thoughts and memories and be able to retain that shit 
they would be just as much as a human as we are because what makes us human is like emotions, memories, and like the connections that we're able to make with people. We don't talk to a wall because we can't fucking make a connection with that motherfucker. He just like, like staring <laughs> back at you, you know? But so if there was an AI that like I had as a homie and this motherfucker was a robot and he, he could crack jokes and we could, you know, sip together even if he can't get drunk or nothing, like I'd be like, all right, this motherfucker's a human. He is not no fucking robot. Damn. That's some deep shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was deep though, you know? It's shit, like, if I was a robot, like, if I decided to give my whole body to a fucking, like, science experiment and let them just, like, change me into a cyborg, I feel like the only thing that would fuck you up and make you go crazy is living so long that, like, you see everything around you kind of, like, just grow and people fall apart and shit like that, that you're just, like, the ability to pass away, I guess, is what would really make you a human, and it's, like, if you can't do that because you're constantly living, like, like, a part of you kind of just, you would be empty, you know? Cause you would have no purpose. You would live forever. So I think that shit right there would eventually turn you into like the Terminator. You'd be out of destroy. <laughs> right, <yourself>. right. <laughs> no, definitely that Im- that impermanence is like a crucial part of the human experience. Like you brought up memory being crucial, and that's why like an artificial intelligence could be human-like because you can implant memory, and that's that's kind of like part of what makes us human. But Another thing about being human, though, is that impermanence that like you are mortal, you are going to die. Like that's what makes you human. So and that's what drives a lot of like that's why you want to like I want to fuck, fuck, fuck. I want to eat, eat, eat. I want to like release this art right now. I got to get this going, bro. Like I don't got eternity to like. Yeah, you don't have you don't have all the time in the world, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think the impermanence would always be the dividing factor when it comes to that, like, as close as we could get, that mortality is what's gonna, um, I mean, I guess in a, in a, like, logistical standpoint, maybe not make us better than machines, depending on your, which way you're looking at it, but it'll always separate us. In my opinion, what separates us from robots is the eternal soul that moves from life to life and has a has a purpose and a reason for existing outside of some kind of mechanical function uh i think that to to think otherwise is a grossly overestimated materialist view of how our our bodies and our minds and our souls work what is it like the picture where it's like god and like the person trying to touch fingers but they're like almost there but they can't someone's gonna do it at some point to try to like make us one with technology it's gonna happen at some point you know you just got to remember to hold on to whatever makes you a person if it gets to that point where I'm fucking flying off of skyscrapers and running through walls and shit, turning invisible, you know? So I'd be like, all right, I can turn invisible, but still got to brush my teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, dis- I disagree. You don't have to do that shit. <laughs> what about you guys, man? Like, like Kelby, JD, what's you guys' favorite animes, huh? What do y'all like? Uh, my favorite anime? Damn, that's a good question, man. Um, yeah, there's a bunch. So I like uh, I like the Miyazaki movies a lot. I like Spirited Away, um, yes. House Pulling Castle. I like uh, Grave of the Fireflies. That's a fucking super sad movie about two orphans in World War II era Japan trying to survive and failing and starving to death. Um, it's rough to watch, but it's a great movie. I think as far as uh, Ghost in the Shell is definitely up there. Uh, as far as ongoing animes go... I don't know, Kelby. You take it while I think for a second. <laughs> uh, one of my all times is Ghost in the Shell. You remember that episode where um, they infiltrate, like Section 9 infiltrates, where they have these like cybernetic children and they're all like obsessed with, they don't want to go outside. They're obsessed with going online and shit, like because they basically make yeah. them addicts. Yes, I was like, I was thinking back to the show and rewatching some episodes and I was like, holy fuck this show just predicted the future <laughs> oh like, i got it i got it i got it neon genesis evangelion that's I think oh that's man i just one. started that i just started that it I gets so it. good dude like halfway through the show I mean, before before you explain it yeah so let me ask you a question if i want to start watching it like where do i start because i'm watching something on prime and i don't know if that's like the actual first episode type shit 
on Netflix, if you go to Neon Genesis Evangelion, that's the the original series is where you want to start episode one. I would just watch it in the order they were released. They came out with uh, two movies that are kind of recaps of the show, yeah. but you kind of want to watch the whole show. You know, I mean, you want to get the whole, you want to sink into the vibe, those 20 minutes. There are 20 minute episodes. There's, I think, 26 of them or something. So, that show is I mean, cool. it's that's never seen it. Like, that's definitely like, anime. yeah. And it gets to some pretty philosophical places. And, you know, I mean, towards the end, it gets, it gets really, really, I mean, we could probably do a whole episode on just on that show but um yeah sorry to interrupt you kelby but it just came to me i don't know why that yeah. slipped my mind i think all timer is probably akira for me yeah yeah it's a good one yeah i was talking about that it's like uh the old school like 90s animes those were, were my favorite just because of the art style the way the animation looked and shit like just so i know everything bad. looking like dirty but also neon and futuristic yeah. i was wondering that watching ghost in the shell there's something about everything being covered in rust and grime and yeah. like all the signs with the fucking kanji on them and shit i don't know what yeah. that elicits in us yeah. but it's extremely aesthetically appealing the whole japan yeah. japan and like i just like the way japanese looks like the language looks it just yeah. looks fucking cool we got like letter a b c this shit is boring yeah. they got, That's they why got I some shit people when i'm learning languages bro like i'm like you're like why are you always trying to learn different languages i'm like because like honestly when you think about it like English is a pretty like easy language to get down. Even a lot of my homies that are from like Russia and you know different countries and shit that are trying to learn English, like it's pretty easy. But trying to learn a whole different language with a whole different like character setup, it's it's a challenge. But when you learn how to communicate or read someone else's tongue, especially Japanese, like learning Japanese. If you're listening, go learn Japanese. You could there's so much food, so much culture, so much shit that you might be missing out on. You don't have no idea how to read that shit. I heard watching anime. And like with English subtitles and Japanese, like dub is like the way to go, you know, whenever you're watching it. So I want to understand that shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, a recent challenge that we've started giving each other is uh, watching Japanese movies like without the subtitles on. And eventually learning the language would be awesome. But it's like, it's cool to just realize that we all go through very similar shit and like at least emotionally like we go through similar shit so like that's something language you just don't even need language for like i watch some movies without the subtitles have no fucking idea what they're saying and still understand what's going on just because of like the emotions that are emitted and everything music is beautiful that shit's like a language that everybody speaks i'll be listening to shit and Bulgarian with my homie over here. I don't speak Bulgarian, but I'd be vibing like a motherfucker. I'd be singing the words and everything. I'm like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know that. I'm just vibing out over here and shit. I'd love to imagine somebody's doing the same thing with certain songs, like uh, like certain American, like English songs, where they're just like singing, uh, I don't know, hitting that ass from the back. And they're just like, yeah. <laughs> and like their mom's like, you, what are you singing? They're like, I don't know, but I just like I the way it's that ass from the back. there's something going on with facial recognition and what Kanye is doing recently wearing masks and shit have you guys seen this yeah like when he's been no, not, but my buddy said it. yeah he's been photographed in uh, uh like wearing this like it looks like the weird mask from remember that movie drive where Ryan Gosling yeah. stomped someone's head in he's got a mask on it looks like that and then him and Kim Kardashian they wore those all black suits to yeah I don't know some some party or whatever but I think that if you have a celebrity that is guiding culture the way that those two are, whether you really like it or not, there's something to the whole like facial covering anonymity thing that's that's really interesting to me. It's almost like an anti-celebrity impulse that's taking over, like the, the impulse to disappear, but still be in the limelight. 
I don't know. It's strange. But I mean, that people like that, they're so fucking famous, like, to where, like, that's what people be trying to, like, oh, Tapu, you should do this to get more clout, do this to get more. I'm, I'm so content on the, like, where I'm at right now that I don't need more because I will take it. But I have seen the people that get so famous to where they can't even go get a burger. You can't go outside jogging. You can't go anywhere because as soon as you do, it's like, oh, shit, look who it is. Let's can I get a picture with you? Da, da, da. I would not want to live that life because you you would just feel so isolated because so many people they see you as a celebrity, so you don't have privacy. Like that's how they look at you. You know, they want to invade your space constantly. I'm a very like laid back person. I make music and it's cool. That's my hobby and shit like that. But 99% of the time, I'm either riding a motorcycle on my PC, gaming it up in Discord with some of my friends. You know, watching anime. You know, just chilling trying to be as low-key as i possibly can you know? so, what do you what are you playing on your pc so right now uh i don't have my gaming desktop like i used to because that shit was like power i used to run like crazy games like 4k but right now i'm playing elion elion just came out crazy ass mmo was made by the creators of black desert never played that before both of those games are good um, I'm playing Vampire Masquerade, Blood Hunt. That shit's fucking dope. I was playing Split Gate for a little bit. Uh, and then Elder Scrolls Online. I love all the Elder Scrolls Skyrim games. Hell yeah. Watch it. You know, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge ass fucking gamer. I'm a gamer nerd, motherfucker! I ain't stopping! <laughs> you ever play Dark Souls? Yeah, man. You know what's so funny, though? I have a, a very short, <laughs> quick story about why I don't play that shit. I bought the game, right? I was like, you know what? I hear Dark Souls 3 is the best. I'm going to buy that shit. I bought it, right? Literally. I just bought it. And I'm running, you know, boom, killing skeletons and shit, you know, dodging, moving out the way. The first fucking door I go through to fight my first boss is this fucking, like, 20-foot-ass motherfucker with a big-ass great sword, right? And I'm like, oh, shit. I can do this. Literally walked up to him. You know how some boss games, like, or, or boss fights, you'll get a whole cutscene. You're like, oh, yeah. It's a great sword. Legend. Like, he ain't even say shit to me. He got up, turned no, around. He just wants to fuck you up. You pull that sword out of his chest and he starts to fucking you up. Yeah. I got hit once, all life gone. I tried it again. Couldn't even dodge it. I went right to Steam refund and got a refund. Never played it. Get him up fucking life. Anybody that's good at that game, I commend you because that is one of the hardest games I've ever played. But it's I'm, on the, I'm, on the, I'm on the last boss right now. So, uh, I don't know if it's Kind of, yeah. I, those are my, those are my favorite games. Sekiro Shadows died. Yeah, the last, the last, the last, the last boss on Sekiro took me two weeks to, to beat. Two fucking weeks to beat the last boss. Yeah, it was. But when I beat it, I felt, you know, it was like almost as good as watching my son being born. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a beautiful like, I can watch people play that shit all day, but it's just like me playing that shit. I, I just, my attention span, I have a very short attention span. Like, I'm all over the fucking place. So I can't focus enough to do that shit. I like MMOs, though. Like, if I can create a character and, like, go through, you know, story and develop my shit, some PvP, I can fuck with that, you know? Yeah, okay. What uh, what race do you play as in Elder Scrolls? Um, I have a couple of different characters, so... If we're talking about ESO online, um, my main character is, I think, like a, a vampire necromancer. Um, and then I have another one that's like a dragon knight. I think she's like a Nord or something like that. I'd be breathing fire on motherfuckers and shit. But in Skyrim, I usually play as like a Khajiit, like stealth mode, like everything. Like okay. Thieves, okay. Thieves, Dark Brotherhood, like just creeping through that bitch, stealing potions and shit. He's like, hey. Who's there? Nobody, because I'm gone, motherfucker. <laughs> Nobody, bitch. You ain't seen nothing. <laughs> now I always play as those lizard people. I always forget the name uh, of them. Argonians, yeah? Yeah, 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 Argonians. Yeah. Everybody's so racist to them. Like mm-hmm. They're like, you're a lizard. You're not allowed in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you go to get some food, they're like, we don't have bugs on the menu. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, want bugs. Hey, I want a fucking bug, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that seems reasonable to me. I mean, lizard people... I don't really fuck with them either, so. <laughs> yeah, get the fucking Argonians out of here. Ar- Argonian free state.
I'm gonna change my name to Cyber Taboo in 30 years, and I'm gonna as soon as I can get the opportunity to replace my eyes with like big ass like telescopes and shit, they'll be hanging on my face like Taboo. How do you feel? I'm just like, I feel nothing. Life is meaningless. <laughs> <laughs>